1: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the
2: best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a
1: year at AAA Heating & Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at
2: 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and
0: air. It's the Ginkai Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was
1: at that time Sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West
2: Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And
3: Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still
0: certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The game.
3: And welcome back in to, I guess we can officially call this the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour now. Uh, Tyler, Wes, and Chris, we've been hanging out at Steel Hands Brewing all morning long. Going to be with you for about another 45 minutes, leading you into pregame coverage of South Carolina and LSU as they get set for Game 2 of the baseball series today. Hopefully we can get it in. Uh, weather pending. Of course it's been a beautiful morning, got a little bit of cloud cover here but hopefully the rain stays away and we are thrilled to be welcomed now by uh, Ashley Lambert with Steel Hands Brewing and we were talking about it before we went on here, you just kinda do a little bit of everything around here, is that right?
4: I wear a lot of hats honestly, I handle all of our marketing and business development, social media, website, graphics, it's it's a lot of things so we have a lot of fun here too.
1: Do a lot of uh, party planning also.
4: We do, yes. We love to throw a good party. love to work hard and play hard.
2: Pa- Go ahead, Wes. I was going to say, Ashley just runs things, makes <laughs> sure everything here. Ashley is literally the best. So okay. we're happy to have you on, and we're happy to be out here. Um, Ashley, what's your favorite part about working at Still Hands Brewing?
4: Oh, my gosh, probably the coffee logger. It's my favorite. <laughs> i got to be honest. Um, no, but we do a lot of things for our community. We love um, supporting our community organizations and giving back so hosting those non-profit events throughout the year is is something that we're pretty passionate about as well
2: i know y'all have like you said events going on all the time um, what is next that people need to be getting excited about already I, I the thing i like about still hands though, is you do have people come out just to hang out like you don't have to be having an event people are still always out here indoor or outdoor space but um What are the next events that people need to be looking forward to?
4: Yeah, I mean, we're really passionate about canines here at Steel Hands. We love our dogs. We're very dog-friendly. We love giving back in that way. So for us, Steel Paws is something that we're gearing up for. It's called our Steel Paws Benefit Event. It's coming up April 22nd, so just a few weeks away. We're going to host it here. And um, that mission is to support canine programs year-round. So we'll be benefiting our public safety canine programs. Given back to the local agencies that work so hard for us uh casey police department lexington and richland county sheriff's department so we're really excited about that one
1: give us a little bit more detail on the event for as far as how people can get involved so i know you have sponsorships available for bus- any business owners that are listening uh that want to jump in and support this great cause or just individuals that want to come and support as well for the yeah. event itself. How can they learn more about it?
4: Absolutely. So we have obviously encouraged those to join us in helping us supporting canines. Um, we do have sponsorships available for day of the event. Um, we it's a free event to the public, but we are also offering some VIP packages. A really cool morning opportunity to come out and um, try our new Steel Paul's Wheat Ale. Um, we'll also be having a live private uh, canine demonstration in the back. You don't want to miss that. That's a lot of fun. Get to take home two cases of our Steel Paws Wheat Ale, a few other really cool perks. And then we have another experience during the day. The event actually kicks off. It's 1 to 5 p.m. out here. Um, so there's going to be live dog demonstrations, live music. We're going to have Ryan Trotty back on this stage we're sitting on right now. Um, lots of cool things, very family-friendly. It's going to be a great day.
2: Well, one thing I love about Still Hands Brewing, Ashley, is y'all do have your different uh, releases of beers and stuff. And so the uh, Steel Paws beer... What exactly is that one if um, people obviously are getting to take some of that home, if they get the VIP ticket? So what would they be getting, uh, and what do you like most about that beer?
4: Yeah, I mean, that beer is just super approachable. I mean, anybody that goes and grabs that off the shelf, it, it's going to be very a very approachable drinkable beer. Um, ABV is very sessionable. It's light. We actually tweaked the recipe uh, this year, so you're going to get a little bit something different um, if you had it last year. So um, we're really excited about that. And when you buy it off the shelf, we're actually donating $2 back to the calls for every case that's sold out in the market as
3: well. So we're very excited about that. Now, do you have like a personal top five of your favorites that y'all have here? Top five beers. Yes,
4: oh, coffee gosh. lagers. One I mean, coffee five. lagers. Which is, that is sounds amazing. <laughs> they,
3: they've been talking about it all morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh get my hands uh, on I'll
4: be honest. <laughs> one of my go-to's right now, um, aside from the coffee, is our blackberry uh, lemonade ale. It's our seasonal release. It's a limited mm. release. It's it's a little bit wheat hazy, kind of tart. Um, it's not a sour by any means, but it is it is a springtime beer, and um, you're gonna wanna wanna have that when you're out here on a real pretty day.
2: Well, the uh, the coffee lager, the thing about it that is, I think, makes it unique compared to most is it's not super heavy. Like you can come out here. Uh, I think I know y'all do have the coffee porter as well as an option if you like that. But I, I always thought the thing that made y'all's unique was that you can. It is very drinkable. Like you don't just feel heavy after it, and uh, it has just a unique lightness to it. But you still taste the coffee flavor as well. Actually,
4: it's it's our differentiator. Honestly, it sets us apart. A I feel like. Um, it's been with us since day one. It's our, one of our mainstays. It's a flagship for us. And the unique part about it is that it's not a heavy beer. It's a very mm. light beer. It's 4.5%. We actually partner with Loveland Brewing that makes our cold brew. that goes into our lager-based beer. Um, so, so it's light. And, I, and if you're a caffeine lover, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but you're going to be addicted to it if you've never had it. So, um, But I, I encourage everybody to give it give it one try.
2: Yeah, Lovel- they do a fantastic job. I see they, they sell y'all's beer out there as well, I noticed. But... Uh, how involved are you in the process of formulating the beers and, and kind of, or, or what is that process to like testing and kind of seeing, okay, we want to tweak this or this is a type of beer we want to try to make?
4: Sure. I mean, it takes our entire team to put together our what we call our brand release calendar, and that is something that we're trying to get formulated a year in advance right because there's a lot of things that have to happen there's conversations with our distributors there's market research there's r&d taste panels and testing that we go through so we're trying to step it up year over year and really put a lot of thought and emphasis into what we're releasing and what we're putting into cans and what we're putting on drafts that our fans at the end of the day are happy
3: now, what do we have to do to get on one of these tasting panels? I'm curious. You
4: now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, just, just be a fan, obviously. If, if, um, if you guys want to come out ever and taste it, you're more than welcome.
2: Do you have any crazy ideas for beers that you're just like, <laughs> this would be wild if we, if we did this that hasn't made the cut yet, but that you're just like, you know, in your wildest dreams, you're like, let's try this. Anything at all? Jeez. I know you're a creative person. I'm putting you on the spot, actually. No. but no. Beer I mean, creator. We I get know. a lot
4: of asks. We get a lot of asks. What's the
2: craziest ask? Do you know I mean, off the like top of your head? Better
4: beer, you know <laughs> yeah. those kind of things. Or I mean, that's just not our thing. Um, <laughs> you know, putting like CBD into a beer. I mean, that's okay. not something we're we're interested in right now. I mean, there's just there's a lot that we get asked for. I mean, notice
3: she said immediate.
1: right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she left it open. You did leave it open.
4: <laughs> oh, um, now I'm trying to think. I mean. Doug's done so many cool things, and he just has a knack for that, and honestly, for us right now, the best thing that we've been able to do is bring in more options for our fans by having our Greensboro, North Carolina location. We have a series, it's called the Tank Series, and it's an experimental um, draft series of beers that are produced in Greensboro, North Carolina that travel down to South Carolina, so our fans here obviously get the opportunity to try way more beers than we have ever been able to offer
3: before. Speaking of Greensboro I heard you talking about before we went on the air you had some uh, interesting times up there with uh, basketball going on a couple weeks ago.
4: We did we did. Hashtag March Madness for sure. (laughs) Um, We're located right across the street from the Coliseum so for us that was a great opportunity to um, be the official craft beer partner of the Coliseum and um, offer fans that were traveling through to visit us while they were there.
1: Now we have for the past two years, we at Gamecock Central have partnered with you guys here at Steel Hens Brewing to put on a pretty cool party. We have. That's been a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Did you
1: Did you think Did any of us think that it would turn into what it's turned into?
4: Yes, Yes. I did. Yes, Yes, we all did. Yes, (laughs) we were hopeful that.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think we could visualize it and thought that it would it would blow up and become cool, but being out here the past well. I was out here one year. I yes. missed the one year. Yes. <laughs> I was out here last year. was involved in the planning for year one, year two. I actually got to be out here, and it was incredible to see it come together. Are we maybe going to do that again, guys? We we should. Radio tease. Yeah, let's just say it like that. We should. Uh, y'all be on the lookout for that. We'll
2: just put it like that. I So, so it hit me. Uh, you were talking about March Madness. You said at March Madness y'all had some of the bands from, like, the actual, the marching bands, or a subset of the marching bands.
0: We sure
4: did. I okay. Mean, it was a, prep, a pep rally like you would not believe, and it was nonstop. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to host some really cool events during the ACC and the first and second rounds of the NCAA. Uh, we had Kentucky's uh, contingent out there. I mean, it was about full they were ticked off. cheerleaders and everything. We had them out there. We had Xavier. We had... Um, uh, Montana State, believe it or not. I mean, they they brought the whole drum line. I mean, it was awesome.
2: So we've had cocky out here. We've mm-hmm. had Sir Big Spur, the live rooster. Had some cheerleaders last year. Yep. But y'all see that um, music stand right over there. Yep. I think we need the full USC band <laughs> at the next kickoff party. Okay. The full... Like the whole what's on the football field. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they could
3: okay. all fit on this stage. We can have I mean, they're going to be out there.
2: Yeah, yeah I guess. They'll so just line the perimeter. We yeah. had Shane Beamer show up twice. Who knows what we could do if we do one this year? Just an if. Yeah. Who knows what we could do? I'm excited though. Bigger, better. Gamecock fans, be on the lookout and I appreciate y'all supporting that event and supporting Still Hands Brewing. It's been really fun. How big has the Gamecock fan? Not just with our party, but. Uh, just the contingency, the people who support South Carolina Athletics, how big have they been as far as them becoming Still Hands Brewing fans as well, Ashley?
4: Yeah, I mean, they're out here all the time. I mean, they come out to support, whether we're doing a game watch party or they're just coming out, you know, on a Thursday night. I mean, we see them often. We're literally five minutes from downtown or the USC Baseball Stadium mm-hmm. or the football stadium. Um, but, yeah, we have, we have a huge support when it comes to the Gamecocks and, and their love for our beer.
3: Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us for a couple minutes, and thank you for having us out here at uh, Steel Hands Brewing today. We really appreciate it.
4: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
3: That's Ashley Lambert with Steel Hands Brewing. We'll hit a break, come back, and continue on with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour leading you right up. to free game coverage of South Carolina and LSU on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock
0: Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game.
3: And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, and Chris Clark. Hanging out at Steel Hands Brewing. Here in Casey, we got a little under 30 minutes to go before we hand things off to Tommy Moody and Derek Scott for pregame coverage of Game 2. What's going to be a doubleheader today out at Bounders Park between South Carolina and LSU as they look to uh, hopefully complete the series today. We do have some rain coming in later on this afternoon. As of right now, it's looking pretty good. A little bit cloudy. The sun has... Uh, been hidden away for the past hour or so, but hopefully we have enough uh, good weather to at least get one game in, and we'll see about uh, game number two. Yesterday, as we do throughout the spring, we had a couple of more assistants talking to the media. We had Montario Hardesty, who, of course, is the running back coach, and Sterling Lucas talking to the media yesterday, just kind of assessing how things are going um, with uh, this program, as we're just over a week away, believe it or not, from uh, the spring game coming up next Saturday, the Garden and Black game, uh, which would be his uh, 7 o'clock kickoff if I'm remembering correctly. Um, we'll have coverage for you here on 107.5 The Game. I want to play this clip from Hardesty yesterday because uh, the conversation the entire spring has been a lot about the lack of depth at the running back room. We obviously know Juju McDowell and uh, Mario Anderson were the two scholarship running backs, at least, that we had going into the spring. They moved uh, DK to that position. But uh, Hardesty had a very interesting answer to the question yesterday when he was asked about the lack of depth. Here's what he had to say.
0: Why y'all keep saying that? All right, so i will play in the SEC at running back. There were springs where we had three running backs on scholarship, which is what we have because you had two freshmen coming in or one freshman coming in. There were teams in the SEC that only dressed four running backs all year. The status quo is five. We had three. We're about to be at four. So we just maybe one off maybe. So it's really, you know, in the spring, that's usually how it is sometimes. So it has, really hasn't affected it at all. You know, those guys competing. You have Juju, Dakarion, Mario, those guys are kind of getting rest with those, with, that, with that first group, doing some really good things, getting some reps in with Luke as well because Luke Doty's had a good spring. And then, you know, you got Bradley Dunn, who's, who's been coming along, playing really good on special teams, and um, doing some things at like running back. You got Twitty, uh, DJ Twitty that's in there playing, big physical back. And then you got Chase McCracken and Nate harris waiting to getting some reps there as well. So it's helped me build depth, And, you know, some guys getting a few more reps that they were getting in fall. But I think we're right on pace, um, you know, for getting the way we need to be with the running back numbers. But the guys have been performing.
3: And, again, that's Coach Hardesty, the running back coach for the Gamecocks. And, you know, he mentioned I play in college. I play in the NFL. You run into these situations sometimes. He doesn't seem to be too concerned about it.
2: Guys, I've been wit- listening to every single episode of Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Why do y'all keep saying that about lack of running back depth? I've never said that. Why yeah. do y'all guys keep on, saying it's that? It's only
1: Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. me. What are y'all doing? It's just me. I mean, I think – didn't Shane Beamer say that too? I, I was going to say it. that's like the uh, – that's almost like the non-depth chart, depth chart kind of situation. Yeah, it it has, I believe to his point, it's probably taken on
2: a little life yeah, of its, its own. Gone a little far. And that was maybe. his point. We've said it a lot. Well, that's because there there's not really that many other storylines to talk about. There's not a quarterback battle for us to just go on and on and on about. And it, it's partially been talked about a lot. I don't know if we're gonna play the DK cut later on or not, but um, partially been talked about because you moved another guy to running back. And so that's what gave you the three scholarship guys. But, you know, I do think they feel much better, not just press conference talk, but internally as well. I think they feel a lot better about that position than they did prior to the spring. And, you know, but you always do, to his point, you are always going to have a position or two where you go into and they get singled out a little bit more than the other spots in terms of a lack of depth, a lack of I think some of it, too, y'all, is just throw in the word proven, lack of proven depth. We didn't know what Mario Anderson was going to be before we saw him, and not that we've got to see much of him, but they've seen him now, against SEC defenses and at an SEC level. It it sounds like he has proved that he can play at this level. And to carry on, Jordan, you see once again – another press conference another rave review of what dk has done at that position but i think that position in edge rightfully so the numbers are a little bit muted from what they normally would be so you're going to talk about those spots a little bit more but i certainly understand if i was running back coach too i'd be like hey man i got guys like yeah. you don't you don't have don't act like there's nobody here there are some players in that room and if i'm again the unmentioned man If I'm Juju McDowell, I'm using that as motivation
1: all offseason. Well, and and you do have to remember, I mean, it's entirely fair, especially going into the spring, to classify it, to to kind of sound the alarm on it, right, for the exact reason that you said you made a great point. The only guy that you had coming in, scholarship-wise, that had taken a snap in an SEC game was Juju McDowell, who is, again... Not And, and this would be another one, probably, that I might get in trouble for saying, but he's not like an every down, like 20 carry, we're going to bang it up middle, you know, type of thing with, with Juju McDowell. There's his bulletin, more material. That's, well, I'll, I'll be glad to contribute. But, you know, it, I mean, even the staff has said that at times at various points and various coaches. He was the only guy. And so to Wes's point, it's a good one. You go into the spring. Okay, here's a transfer. And it's a transfer who's been wildly successful, but at the Division II level at Newberry's. So you've got to at least answer the question to be fair of how will that transition go. The reviews have been good. The returns have been good. Still got to see it in the game. We do need to see it in the game. Um, And then you are moving a guy into carry-on joiner who we all looked at that and said that makes sense. It's interesting. It very well could work. Will it work? Again, as Wes said, good reviews there. You're also adding Braswell. Uh, DJ Braswell, who's a uh, four-star guy, who's got you know some legitimate speed, some size, some playmaking ability. You add him in the summer, and then, as we know, South Carolina's going to hit the portal. So the question is still open-ended. They, they certainly feel better about this spot, and that was really your goal this spring. You needed to come out of it feeling like you're fairly solid at the position. I don't think there was a scenario where South Carolina was going to come out of the spring and go from – wow, <laughs> one scholarship guy who's taken a carry in an SEC game to all of a sudden we're elite. That's not on the table. But you needed to feel solid like you've got some guys. You needed to feel like you have Braswell coming in. Now you got four guys that can do some things for you. And you know you're going to add somebody in the portal starting on May 1st. Um, I don't think that question is going to be answered until May 1st because right now all you have going into the portal are, A, the guys that were already in it, B, some grad transfers, which we've seen at other positions, but there hasn't been movement at running back. So the question becomes, what type of guy do you get out of the portal? It's almost a guarantee
3: that they get someone. Right, and I'll quickly summarize what Sterling Lucas had to say. Is you probably would have expected some rave reviews about Donovan. Westmoreland talked about the importance of Jordan Strong coming back. The same things that we've heard over the course of the spring already, but you know when you hear it from the specific position coach, that just kind of reinforces it more.
2: Yeah, certainly, man. I, I think that's another spot. Uh, kind of interesting that the backs coach and the edges slash outside linebacker coach goes on the same day, and those are two of the positions we've been talking about all offseason. So uh, kind of interesting there. We'll see how those positions grow as uh, we continue. Speaking of positions that have grown at South Carolina, the, how about this quote from Phil Still, I quote, the stats are final for the 2022 football season, and after checking all the numbers, and we know Phil still has more numbers than Colin's notebook, I think, um, and formulas, the results are final. The number one special teams unit in the country for 2022 was South Carolina, and that means that Pete Limbo wins my special teams coach of the year for the second time in the last four years. First of all, shout out, congrats, Pete Limbo. This is a Pete Limbo fan show. And uh, guess what? Pete Limbo has also won the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, Special Teams Coach of the Year. Wow. For the second year in a row as well. So, Congrats. Uh, for real, though, Limbo, top to bottom, beginning to finish. his in Both years he's been in South Carolina, special teams have been phenomenal, well-deserved. Uh, there's a list. I'm, I'm about to post this release, but there's a list of all the different things that this team has done the craziest thing, and I think the biggest sign that this is from – I know the athletes, I know the players have to go do it. They have to execute it. But that coaching is such a big part of this is that when you're talking about special teams, you're talking about so many different units that have so many different things they have to be able to accomplish. So it's not the same skill set that makes you a good field goal kicking team. As it is, that makes you a good kickoff-returning team. Those are completely different skills, but Carolina is among the best in punt returns and kickoff returns in net punting and opponent kickoff returns and opponent punt returns, and obviously they didn't miss a single field goal. Kai Kroger is an All-American, best punter in the country. So top to bottom, so impressive. Uh, Limbo has been awesome,
3: well-deserved, from Pete Limbo, is it too early to predict him to win the Gamecock Central Special Teams Coordinator of the Year for a third year in a row? No, is he early? is the uh, early favorite. I I'll, hear. I'll take him versus the field. Yes, absolutely. How, how do you score
1: five touchdowns on special teams? That's really good. How do you how do you block five punts, six kicks, five special teams touchdowns? It's well, not a novelty,
3: though. Hire Pete Lumbo. So,
1: some teams, you'd be like, oh, they block five kicks, and then they stink in all the other categories. Like it well, was just kind of an aberration. There's no aberrations.
3: And Shane's talked about this, just having a specific coach dedicated only yeah. to special teams. Because there are a lot of places out there, it's like, all right, He's the defensive back coach, but he's also the special teams coordinator. So, you know, only part of his time is dedicated to that. Pete Limbo is locked in on special teams all the time. If he needs to assist in something else, he certainly can. But his primary job when he walks in the facility every day is focusing on special teams, and that's why they're so good at it. And he's just the best. Yeah, I mean,
1: you could have a dedicated guide if he's not really that good and you don't let him coach and you don't kind of ingrain. If you don't kind of integrate it, into every basically
3: everything you do then you, you might you might be slightly better but not this good silly question was as we wrap up the segment here Pete limbo does not look like your standard football coach right if he wasn't a football coach what does it look like he would do for a living science teacher science teacher and it's pretty fair it's hard to argue that maybe like Civil War historian because I mean he he kind of does that anyway with Stories and movie High references school and all that teacher. stuff. There you go. Oh, there you go. Well, there history. You go. Yeah.
2: Now uh, he he could I think go well beyond just Civil War. He could be like I don't think there would be much extra prep if you were just like,
3: hey, you're asking about uh, a war in China from the year <laughs> eleven
2: twelve or something. You're like, Pete, um, our professor of history is um, you know going to be hey. out on vacation for a couple weeks. Can you come teach this class?
3: I feel like he could do it yeah. easily. Pete, Pete, talk for twenty minutes about the Ming Dynasty. Done. Yeah. yeah. Ottoman Easy. Empire. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> He's got it. All right. We'll hit another break, come back and wrap up our portion of the day for the GameCock Central Takeover hour before we hand things off. Two pregame coverage of South Carolina and L S U coming up at noon. Uh first pitch at Founders Park right here on one oh seven five the
0: game. Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head, on your home of the GameCock. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back in to the Gamecock
3: Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler West and Chris you for a few more minutes, before we hand over coverage to pregame with Tommy and Derek out at Founders Park, for Game 2 of the series versus LSU. And, you know, if you have a little bit of time, you got 25 minutes until first pitch at the top of the hour, you can hit up a Firehouse Subs, grab your sub of the day, and get over to Founders Park before the game starts. Yep, and today, guys, that is the Jamaican
1: Jerk Turkey. And fortunately, there's a couple Firehouse Subs right within distance of where Ethan Petrie could hit a ball out of Founders Park and probably hit Firehouse Subs. One in Casey that also includes a drive through Also one on Main Street that is... Both of those already open, so go check that out. Jamaican Jerk Turkey is the sub of the day at Firehouse Subs. Use the Rapid Rescue to order at firehousesubs.com so it's ready and waiting on you when you get there or download the Firehouse Subs app so you can earn yourself some points and rewards. There's a sub of the day for
3: every day at Firehouse Subs. All right, you got a couple more minutes to go here. Looking up at the sky, the clouds are... Rolling in, no more sunshine. But as we've talked about, the weather hopefully staying away at least for that first game. Looks like storms rolling in sometime around two thirty, three o'clock. And i like to talk about with Colin if you can get those pitches going fast, and we can have a you know maybe a low scoring pitchers duel. We might get through this whole thing.
2: Yeah, we're gonna need a fast game, y'all. Um, but you know, I think uh, the college game, as long as you can keep those replays out of it, yep. Then, and they have credit where it's due. They sped it up with the whole you know, call Alabama thing they do now. <laughs> They've sped it up. Give them credit. But if you can get the replays out, the college game does move pretty quick. And, um, may, hey, maybe the Gamecocks will just win a 2 to nothing, five-inning game yep, and then just send LSU home. Like, cool just tell that. them, we're not going to play game three. We'll take our 2-0 series win, and uh, y'all can get on back to Baton Rouge. Because very interesting that you cannot play a Sunday game if you have a Thursday Friday Saturday scheduled series so Mark Kingston did say if for whatever reason there was a window to play let's say you get in game two you know today uh, game one of today but game two of the series right and then you get washed out by some miracle, I think was the word he used, that you had a window tomorrow. You could reschedule sure. it back to Saturday. However, you cannot play a Sunday game in a Thursday, Friday, Saturday scheduled series.
3: And, and the coach of the LSU uh, said, we're not going anywhere until late on Saturday. We're going to hang around, do everything that we can to make sure we get all three of these games in. So, again, need a window, but uh, fingers crossed. Jay Johnson
1: from uh, LSU, interesting background. Um, he's a guy that's been to Omaha. What two? I don't have it in front of me. Two or three times. So he's seen a lot of good baseball. And um, I don't know if you guys were checking out the broadcast last night, but um, you know how always meet coaches always meet with the broadcast team, and they had some interesting comments. He just seemed like he seemed like a good guy and uh, a, kind of a likable guy, and just talked about how cool it was to be part of you know SEC baseball but also a series like this. Um, Broadcasters use the word rivalry, even, which we've seen some of that. I mean, LSU and South Carolina have had some tremendous battles on the baseball diamond over the year. Uh, But he kind of interesting because there's a lot of – there's some coaches in the SEC that Carolina fans – I feel like it's like a love-to-hate type of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm thinking – remember, certainly, when Jack Leggett was at Clemson, that was one. Um, You know, you think about Tim Corbin at Vandy, you know. I think Tony Vitello, Tennessee, has probably drifted into that territory, but that's probably for everybody. Jay Johnson, good guy from LSU, great baseball history, great program, and uh, seems like a likable guy there.
3: Absolutely. No, I'm very excited to see what happens with the series today again. Hopefully we get both those games in. It just might be waiting a while, around a little bit, uh, but I know how much Tommy Moody hates uh, doubleheaders. Unfortunately, it might be a very long day for him out of Founders Park. And
2: hopefully for the Gamecocks, we get another elite call from Tommy, like the Grand Slam. I imagine Tommy and Derek Scott maybe can hear us right now before they go on. Probably. Yeah, you guys have a great call. Hopefully we get 18 innings of ball in today. I'm looking forward to hearing what y'all have to say, and I know a lot of Gamecock fans are looking forward to potentially another massive series win for the Gamecocks.
3: Let's say they win game two today. We don't have a game three, so you've technically won the series two to nothing against LSU. Is there a case to rocket them up to number one next week? There is a case. I mean, if you <laughs> here's the thing. a lot of times we look at these things
2: in a vacuum, like just from a South Carolina perspective, we're not considering the other teams involved, right but in this case. You're playing the number one team, so you're knocking them down yeah. a peg. You're going to have to jump a couple of other teams, but what better way to do that by, than by knocking off number one? If you have, especially if you if you were to sweep them, whether yeah. it's two o or three o,
1: then yeah, I think you got a case. I think the only you get, we'll see what the other teams do right yeah. this weekend that are in the top five, top ten. You know, the only like argument you could have against that if South Carolina, you know, wins two or, or even with a sweep if they can get all these games in would be, ah, oh, well, you didn't beat them in Baton Rouge. Like, right. Right, you beat them at home. You kind of get penalized, quote-unquote, for them. But, right hey, if, if they if they take two of th- or three or somehow sweep, I think they should be number one.
3: Absolutely. That music means we are out of time. About to hand things off to Tommy and Derek for the pregame coverage. Thank you so much to Steel Hands Brewing for having us out here. Thank you so much to Ed Bird back in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Thank you to Kendra, our promotions girl, for setting all this up. We will be back bright and early on Monday morning. Enjoy the games